Welcome to the Positively You podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Larson, and I'm passionate about helping you shift the way you think so you can create a life you're absolutely obsessed with. Each week, I'll be bringing you a guest or a thought that's going to help you feel more optimistic and equipped to take real action. Get ready to push past limiting beliefs, ditch that negativity, and start showing up as the best and most positive version of you. Girl, let's do this. Hey friend, I am so excited to welcome you back to another episode. And this one is such a good one. I interview my new and good friend, Jamie Gordon. She is a transformational life coach and an Enneagram expert, and she is just so much fun. She's one of my very favorite follows on Instagram. Her Enneagram episodes that she does are spot on. They help me solidify that I am most definitely a type nine, and every time she does them, she gets the best feedback from everyone watching saying, you nailed my type, how do you know this? Like, so spot on, and they're hilarious. So definitely make sure after this episode that you go check her out and you tune into those Enneagram episodes. They're so good. But the conversation we had today is all about that. It's about the Enneagram, what it is, why I think and why she thinks that it's important, things you should know about it, and we just dive into all the things. It's such a good conversation, and I loved it, and I kind of loved the twist we took towards the end of the episode. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Hi, Jamie. Hi, Jesse. I am so excited to have you on here today. Thank you for yeah. having me. Of course. You're so much fun, and I'm super excited to have a good conversation with you today. Um, so for our listeners who maybe don't follow you or aren't familiar with who you are, do you want to give just like a quick little introduction, who you are and what you do? Yeah. So I'm Jamie Gordon. I'm a transformational life coach and I happen to love the Enneagram. And so like on my Instagram, I do these like little skits of what different situations kind of look like through other people's, uh, Enneagram numbers. And I work as just a coach for myself, and I also do a little something with Susie School. That is awesome. And that's actually how I got introduced to you was through the whole Susie School thing. So pretty cool. Um, okay, so let's just dive right in. What the Enneagram, I feel like this year has been like a total buzzword. Like it's kind oh, of it's all trending over the for place. Sure. Trending yeah. for sure, for sure. So what is the Enneagram? So the Enneagram is a personality model. It's, uh, it's useful. It's not perfect. So like, like all personality models, there's like the Myers-Briggs and strength finders and all those good things. The Enneagram is just another one of those. But the unique thing about the Enneagram is that it not only gives like the strengths of the personality types, but it actually gives you like the weaknesses, the things that might like get you hung up, your Achilles heels say. And so I think that is why the Enneagram is so popular right now is that it gives you a whole new batch of information that otherwise uh, we tend, all the other personality models tend to kind of ignore or brush under the rug, whereas the Enneagram actually kind of like the meat and potatoes is actually in that part. Awesome. And from what I've kind of seen when I've 
studied it a little bit, I say a little bit, but is it, it seems like it's a lot more in depth. There's nine personality types and then there's like your wings and your other like things that it goes to. 42 different things. Um, so there's actually, so there's nine personality types. And if you look at the like Enneagram symbol, it's like a circle, like a clock and nine is up at the top, like, like 12 o'clock would be. And then it goes one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, all the way around. And each of those nine are broken into three triads, which are heart, mind, and gut. And then you also have these legs that, um, where your personality trait, where it goes to in strength and where it goes to in growth. And then if that wasn't enough, there are wings, which are like the personality traits directly to the, um, both sides of your number, like a bird, like wings would be on a bird. It's the, um, and those are the personalities right next to yours that you can draw from, usually draw one more than the other. And then to further complicate things, there are subtypes based on a instinctual thing, thing that you're like born with, like a certain need that you have that will color all of them. So there's actually, instead of nine types, there's 27 types, but, um, nobody needs to know all of that. The thing <laughs> is just to know like your number, to know like how you view things and to know that how other people view things is going to be different based on like their personality. Okay. So the, so the Enneagram is interesting because the way that the personalities are um, like developed, there's the Enneagram, everyone has a, a fear and like a motivation, like thing that they want. And that is the driving factor for all the behavior that you might like, you know, like air quote fit into like that personality or that behavior. It's the motivation behind, because we can all do the same behavior. Um, it's just the motivation will be different. Okay. That makes sense. So with the nine types, I don't want to like go crazy because that's a lot to explain, but can you kind of do like one, what would their motivation be? Two, three. Yes. I can do kind of like, break it down a little bit. Absolutely. Okay. So the one is the perfectionist or the reformer. They're motivated to be perfect or right. They fear being bad, defective, corrupt, or evil. The type two is the helper. They're motivated to be loved and actually needed in a more unhealthy place. Um, they are, their fear is to be unloved or unwanted for who they are, aside from like actually helping. Uh, the type three is the achiever or the performer. Uh, they're motivated to have success and to be admired. They fear having no value apart from their achievements or feeling, um, being unworthy. The four is the individualist also called the romantic. Their motivation is to be uniquely significant. They fear having no identity and no significance. The five is the investigator or the observer. Their motive is to be competent um, to like master things, to have a complete understanding and independence. Their fear is to be helpless, incapable, and um, incompetent. The six is the loyalist. They are motivated to be secure, have support and guidance, and they fear being without support and guidance and being unable to survive alone. They have a really high need for certainty. Uh, the seven is the enthusiast. Their motivation is to be happy, satisfied, and content. And their fear is being trapped in pain or being deprived of something. And the eight is the challenger. They do not want to feel vulnerable. So they're motivated actually to be in self-protection and in control. Um, they feel being harmed, controlled, or violated. And the nine is the peacemaker. Uh, their motivation is for wholeness and peace of mind. And 
their fear is loss, fragmentation, and separation. Also, you could say conflict as a whole is a big fear for the nine. So in a nutshell, <laughs> in a nutshell, those are the personality traits. Awesome. So what would you say is the best way to figure out what your personality trait is? Cause you can like kind of listen to that and be like, Oh, that sounds a little bit like me, yes. but then I'll see something else and be like, wait, am I a nine? Am I a three? Am I a, like, how well, do you kind of I, gear in and figure out which one you are? So there are several different ways that you can find your number and you can absolutely test and mistype as a different one. I think going back to like, what is, what sounds worse? Like does being like separated or being unloved feel worse? Like when you go to the fears, I feel like that one's a really easy way to go like, oh no, actually that feels worse. Like if I had to choose between the two and actually walked out what that would look like in my life, like, would I be, um, would it be better for me? Like as I'm a nine. So would I prefer to have my family, but then not love me or to not have my family and then love me? Like as a nine, I would choose to have my family and them not love me for a two. They would say, I would like for them to love me and them not be with me. So like, it's all about like the motivation behind the other easy way to do it is just to Google a couple of free tests, see if your numbers all line up. Another way is to uh, pay for a more extensive test. Um, or my favorite way is actually uh, read a book about it. The Road Back to You by Ian Cron is a really easy read. Um, and the one that feels the most disgusting to you and feels kind of exposing, that's your number. Generally speaking, we do not care for our own number. Um, we feel kind of exposed. We like the good traits, um, but who doesn't love a good compliment? But when it feels like, ew, that's gross. I don't really do that. I don't, eh, that's probably your number. Gotcha. So that's actually exactly what I did. I got that book, The Road Back to You. And I'm a nine, just like you. Yay. And when I opened it up and I started reading, I was like, it's like they're peering into my soul. Like it was exactly what you said. It was like bringing up all of these things are like, oh, oh gosh, <laughs> like that is a hundred percent. Absolutely. When he was talking about how you're a nine and you run errands and then you're like, oh, I got to do this and you do this. And you just like so easily distracted. I was like, I don't do that. And then I was like, mm, but I do. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That was mine. And then when he was talking about, um, I'm terrible at making decisions and he was kind of explaining the why behind that. And I was like, Oh, it's not that I'm terrible at making decisions. It's that it's my fear of bringing up like conflict around that decision. And that was actually really eye opening to me to be like, oh, okay, I actually can make this decision and no one's going to be mad at me. Absolutely. And I think also for a nine, um, there's other numbers that do this too, but um, being able to turn the volume back up on our desires, because as children, we observed what we like, you know, in order to like avoid the conflict, we observed what to give to other people. And so we turn like, in order to do that, we had to turn the volume down our own, on our own desires in order to live in this like conflict, conflict free zone. And so I think part of the journey for a nine is to learn how to turn the volume back up on what we actually want and need and desire, which is, you know, it's, it's a process that's, you have to learn, like relearn. For sure. For sure. Okay. So we're in, we've done the tests, we're reading the book. We've got that like deep gut check and we're like, okay, this is definitely my number. 
why would you, why do you think it's important that we like know our numbers? And is that just a box that we're in? So in any scenario, you're like, well, I'm a two. So. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that when people claim their number as like a, well, that's just me. Like it's a disservice. Like you might as well not know your number because it's your, it's abdicating your ownership and responsibility of your life. It's another way that we um, play victim to ourselves. And so when we know our number in order, like in order to grow ourselves, we have to know ourselves. This is just one more tool in our tool belt to know ourselves. So if we think of like the Enneagram is not as like a diagnosis, but a diagnostic. So like, we're not diagnosed. Like if I'm a two, um, does that mean that I don't know how to say no and I don't have boundaries and I'm kind of passive aggressive and that's just me. Okay. Well, that's one possibility, right? That's one part, one aspect Um, but knowing the way that like, okay, actually knowing that I'm a two and that it's hard for me to ask for the things that I want. And sometimes like it comes out sideways, it's passive aggressive behavior. Um, knowing that about myself, I can go, oh, like, I, like, what are my needs? It gives me an owner's manual for myself. Like we are, um, responsible for our own lives and our own happiness and our own personal development. And the Enneagram just gives you more information about yourself so that you can grow yourself. Like that stupid cliche, you have to know yourself to grow yourself is absolutely true. Because we don't know, like if we, if we are being, uh, you know, direct, right? As an, an eight would be direct about something. And we're thinking like, what's happening? Why are people like crumbling around me? And they don't realize that their directness doesn't work for other people. And mm-hmm. that it's sabotaging what they actually want. They want, they, eights are great champions of people and they, they want to see people succeed, especially people that they care about. Um, and to know that like, if you're an eight and you're talking to, you know, a, a personality that is going to read the directness as like threatening, you're going to be working against what you actually want. But when you actually look at the, okay, so I know that about me that sometimes my directness can be read this way. And then you can take that into account and then like adjust. Not that we're going to like, you know, fake or pretend, but we can also just appreciate that the way we view the world is not the way somebody else views the world. And that's okay. So that leads me kind of into another question. We're always talking about, especially like is married, well, in marriage, about knowing each other's like love languages, right? And how it's important to know how someone wants to feel loved, whether it's gifts or words of affirmation. Do you think it's also important to maybe know your partner's Enneagram number? Because like you were saying, if someone's being super direct towards me, but then I'm viewing that as this like down, like conflict thing, we're going to hit. So do you think that's important to know or is it mainly just work on yourself? Well, I think it's important to stay in your own lane as far as working on yourself. I think that it is valuable information to know that like, for instance, my husband's a seven. And so what I might be observing in him um, and taking it personally or making up a story or whatever, I can, I, I can speak more to what I know for him would be a pain point. And I can be sensitive and I can also know for me, which is the more important part, what is happening for me, where I may want to um, talk myself out of being upset about something instead of like stepping into it Um, and like being willing to have the conflict, uh, which also a seven and a nine, like we both don't really (laughs) like the conflict. So for us, our journey, the first nine years of marriage was yikes. Um, 
And then when we were, like started to work on ourselves individually, being able to like enter in the conversation and going like, no, actually like rewriting what conflict is for me, for him, it's a conflict for him is something different, but it still has to be rewritten. So I think just knowing your partner and what might be happening for them is useful as long as we're not using it as a weapon, right? Like if my husband came to me and be like, like, are we gonna, you know, what color are we painting the living room? And I'm like, I don't know. He's like, oh, but stop being a nine, right? That probably wouldn't be helpful, but he knows that I'm a nine. So he can, he can encourage me by like, can you decide by, how long do you need to decide? Okay. Have it down in, uh, in two weeks, right? Great. So can I check back in those two weeks? Perfect. Now he's giving me the space for me to make my choice, right? For me to like turn that volume up on what I want, be certain about my decision or, you know, like where are we going for dinner? Well, yeah. That's not really hard for me, but at the, a long time, it would have been really hard for me. Yeah. Um, and he can simply say Mexican or Chinese. And then, that's okay. helpful. And for him, the other way around, I can know for his pain point is like being tied down and missing out on stuff. Like being able to like, Hey, you know, like speak to that for him without caretaking in his own stuff. That's for him, not for me. Gotcha. So yeah, using it more from like a compassion standpoint and understanding rather than like you said, oh, stop being such a nine or stop being such an eight or. Absolutely. Like calling out the other person's like, when my husband's really stressed out, uh, you know, the seven moves to a one in stress. So I see him getting real rigid when he's stressed, it doesn't happen often that this, like where I see that, but when that happens, I go, Oh, he's, he's really stressed. Like I can have compassion for that. And so then like, I can, you know, like bring in some compassion and have conversation, but I don't have to like go over there and try to fix or any of that jazz. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's just kind of being like more aware and then using, like you said, it's just a tool that we have in our toolbox to kind of so I like that, that you can use it obviously for yourself. That's where we need to start. We can't like go out and be, you know, yes. diagnosing and fixing all these other people, but, but using that kind of as a way to show compassion and, mm-hmm. and work on that instead of getting defensive and using that as a weapon, which I love that you said that. Okay. So I have another question for you. Most of us that listen are moms. Is it good or bad to try to type your kids? or to type other people. I've heard like, cause sometimes when you're explaining something, like I'm reading, I'm like, oh, that sounds a lot like my mom or, oh, that's that. But I'm like, should I type them or, and when do kids kind of start to get into their types per se? Well, it, uh, I can't give you an age. I will say that, you know, our personality is not something that we're born with. It's developed as a way to find, like to get our needs met, right? Usually it's birthed out of some sort of pain. Um, so, and it's a coping mechanism to get our needs met, to get the love and acceptance and belonging that we long for. So sometimes it, I, I don't know if there is a right or wrong. I don't think it's bad if you type or you don't type somebody. I think it's the, the motive behind it that is the telltale, right? So if I'm typing someone because this person is, gosh, this person is just so nitpicky and it always has to be their way, blah, 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 or she's never on time. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. and typing that person is not for their growth and it's not for like the, the betterment of our relationship. So I'd say leave that one at home. But if I know that my friend is, um, a doer of all the things and really is working toward like, and might be a three, it might be important for me to not 
spend a whole lot of time praising all the things that they do and spend time actually speaking to who they are and how much I love that about them. So like for instance, um, my daughter, when she was little was quite the helper and she always, you know, she did, she got the, you know, the award for best handwriting and she would help with the baby. And she always wanted to like, uh, you know, Oh, can I feed Gavin? There was an age gap between my youngest and my daughter. And she was just like a little mom's helper. And I used to praise her so much for that and tell her what a good job she was doing. And it wasn't until she was a teen, like a tween teen where I could see where that was actually, um, causing some wounding where I meant it for good. It was actually speaking to this part of like, if I'm not doing this, all these things, am I still enough, right? Doing things for her friends that, you know, she wouldn't necessarily, would almost, you know, like partially betraying herself like in, a, in, a, in adult senses, right? Like that we're doing things that aren't necessarily out of like love and generosity, but like a fear of not being enough if you don't do something or help or perform. So speaking in terms of like, who a person is versus what they do or how they help or how thoughtful they are. Um, and speaking more about like, like the essence of who they are and how much you enjoy being around that person. So I think in that terms, it's kind of nice to type somebody and to know like an eight, if you are wishy-washy and people pleasing with them, they will not respect you and they will not see you as a safe person. So with an eight friend, I might be more direct and more blunt and maybe a little bit rude to them sometimes because I know that that's how they'll be able to hear that I love them and I'm a safe person. Okay. So yeah, so you can kind of. <laughs> I think it's not a right answer. I gotcha. think it's just about the motive. Like, am I doing okay. it to manipulate? Then no, wrong. <laughs> I don't want to say even wrong, but not beneficial. If I'm doing it because I love them and I want to understand them, know them more. Like we all want to know that we're, um, known and seen and that we have an impact on each other. And so I think one of those ways is to learn what it is for them, like what lights them up, where are their fears, what's motivating them and being able to, um, kind of learn a little bit about the types is a great way to like get out of your own like vision, right? We all have our own goggles, if you will, that we look through the world in. So like you and I, we look through very similar goggles. Mm -hmm. And so we look at the world and go, can we all just get along? Yeah. <laughs> Whereas other people don't see it that way. And when we can get out of our own viewpoint and like, just appreciate other people's viewpoints, it creates a, a sense of, of intimacy and connection, which I think is yeah. a basic human desire and need. That's, that's actually really cool that you say that because this past year, as I've kind of dove into that a little bit more and read the road back to you. And as I've learned more about myself and why I do that, it's been eye opening to do exactly that to look at other people and be like, Oh, they view it this way. They view it that way. And it has been this like full circle kind of like human connection experiment. I don't know. It's been very, very kind of cool. So like you said, I think the Enneagram it's super trendy right now, but it's a really awesome tool to kind of have in your tool belt and, and dive into. Yeah. I think it's trendy because we're just in a place where we're disconnected in a way, like obviously like physically we're disconnected from other people. Um, but just like in our culture, we're not in a like high touch, high connection. We're very much like this, um, virtual friendships and social media and that sort of thing. So I think a way to bring us back into deeper connection and intimacy, which is like we need 
mm-hmm. desperately need. Um, and I feel like the Enneagram kind of gives us like this, like cliff notes into other people. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, and I wanted to touch on something that you said just a minute ago when you were talking about the three, about your daughter and how you were saying, I'm going to probably butcher what you were saying, but something about being, not doing. Mm-hmm. Can you touch on that a little bit? Yeah. So I think regardless of the number, um, there is a propensity for us to focus on what we do and equate that with worth. I think that uh, by and large, the three suffers with this the most, um, but we all do. It's a human thing to try to find significance in what we do. It's measurable and our brain loves things that are measurable. And the thing is that we're like human beings, not human doings. And, but we often focus on all the things that we do when vast majority of the time, the things that bring us joy and love and peace and connection and goodness and all those things have nothing to do with what we actually do. It's who we are and connecting to other people and who they are. And I almost feel like we reverse, um, how we do things. Like we do it in backwards order. We focus on doing the things and then we'll be enough. Right. Or like, I'm in a, I'll, I'll, have a diet, I'll lose the weight. And then I'll, I'll feel good about myself. Uh, we do it backwards mm-hmm. instead of like, I'm a whole person and I've walked in healing with myself, forgiveness with myself and with others. I've challenged those thoughts that have told me that I'm not enough. And from that come the fruits of me actually walking things out into the world. Like, and I do things. So it's like, like the three's gift is that they are productivity ninjas. They can do so much stuff and and they're great parts of the world. Like we need them. We need the threes, right? There are CEOs of things. Um, but in order for them to be in that high production, they have to have to turn off a lot of their emotions and get disconnected. And unfortunately a lot of them find themselves like, and this is not just a three thing, but when we turn ourselves off from our emotions and processing those emotions, it bubbles out in physical ailments. I don't know if you've felt that or noticed that with any of your clients that a lot of physiological things happen when we don't deal with the stuff that's the emotions that are living in ourselves. And so just the idea that we are enough, like the, even the idea of enough is like silly. Mm -hmm. We just are like, we're here. Yeah. I'm me, you're you. And the listener is, is like, everybody is them. And this idea that like we are enough or not enough, it's, uh, it's a lie. Like we just are. Yeah. And when we learn to process that and believe it in real time, um, and I'm not there, I don't, I don't know if anybody is actually all the way there, but the more we do that, the less we need personality. Less we That's need. awesome. Yeah. Then we have all, we have, we can ping pong around that little diagram and be part, whoever we want to be. No one's yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's awesome. And I can't even go like more. (laughs) You just have summed it all up. We're all amazing. We're all worth stuff. And it's good to have this tool to kind of dive into, to understand ourselves and understand other people a little bit more. So thank you. This has been an awesome conversation. Um, I want to direct people to you because you are one of my favorite follows on Instagram. You're so funny. You're super helpful and knowledgeable. So where can everyone find you? 
Oh, well, first of all, thank you. Um, and my absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me on here. You can find me at uh, Jamie Gordon Life Coaching on Instagram or jamiegordonlifecoaching.com. Awesome. And I will link to it in the show notes. And just again, Jamie, thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. Oh my goodness, you guys. I loved that interview so much. And that just came completely full circle from figuring out what our individual Enneagram number is to using it to better love and understand those around us to realizing the deep connection that we all share as human beings on this planet and realizing that we're enough. Like, oh my gosh, so many good things from this. I didn't think we were going to go super deep, but we did a little bit and that was just amazing. I did want to mention that since we recorded this episode, Jamie's Instagram handle has changed just a little bit. You, you can now find her at unstuckologist on Instagram, and I will make sure to link to that in the show notes. Thank you for hanging out with me again today. I'm so glad you pressed play. If you want to take a quick second to share this episode with someone you think would love it too, that would be amazing. If you're loving the show, make sure you go and leave a review on iTunes. Reviews are like magic for podcasts, and your review will help get this show into the ears of more amazing women just like you. And come find me over on Instagram. I'm there at positively.jessie, and I cannot wait to hang out with you some more. So until next time, have an amazing week.